0: Asania Mosaka. 1702. 702. For the curious.
1: It's six minutes past uh, two o'clock, just been having a quick catch up off air with Noni Gaza. She is the director and co-owner of uh, Design Academy of Fashion. We'll be talking to her in a moment, but you also don't want to miss 702 Unplugged, which comes up just after 2.30. So today we're featuring the Broadway smash hit musical Rock of Ages. It's going to be taking place at Monte Cassino Teatro for the first time from the 26th of September to Sunday, the 20th of October. Um, it's been happening rather, but it's for the first time here. So you don't want to miss out on the weeks that are remaining. So they are all these fantastic jukebox jukebox hits um, that make the catalogue that they'll be performing on stage. You'll meet the stars, the cast, as well as um, hear the music that you can expect if you still haven't been to Rock of Ages at the Teatro at Monte Casino. So our Friday profile today: Noni Gasa. Um, She is a director at Design Academy of Fashion. You may also know her from her time on um, Project Runway. She was one of the judges on Project Runway South Africa. But over the years, of course, she has uh, worked in PR, in marketing, and she's just an overall fashion icon. (laughs) I see that description (laughs) about you everywhere. So it was quite fitting that she would be the face of dispersary. It is actually in your name the noni gaza
0: right right I mean, that, that wasn't really by intention to to be honest yeah um but yes we are we do have a bursary that we've offered mm-hmm. um, on behalf of the school which i am a director of yeah uh, we're based in cape town and we are an exceptional design school mm-hmm. and uh, the bursary really is to give access uh, to opportunity to young, black, aspiring designers who are exceptionally talented and just need a break. So that's what it's
1: about. Fantastic. It is not
0: a vanity project. It's a (laughs) legacy project. A legacy project.
1: There's a difference. (laughs) How did you first get involved uh, with Design Academy?
0: Gosh, the first time we met was... December, a couple of years ago, I was mm-hmm. uh, judging one of their, their third year graduation show, actually.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, we hit it off with um, Bianca, Luke and Suzanne, um, the owners of the school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that event led to a broader conversation around introducing more commercially focused short courses. Yeah. Uh, because the school is purely a design school. Um And then it just grew organically from that. And here we are now as a co owner of this really awesome um, Mm. school. And uh, we're out in Woodstock.
1: Oh, what a great district!
0: (laughs) What a great area. (laughs) Look, five years ago, people did not say that about Woodstock. No, I I
1: think I was there. Mid in the middle of this year, sometime right, and I hear you. It's of course it's gentrified. Being gentrified, yes, it's, it's
0: coming along. So it is a creative district. Exactly, in, in, in it's in given on yeah. that space. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it is a very inspiring neighbourhood with lots of great businesses around. Yeah. and the most important thing for. For us as a school and, um, you know, I think what differentiates us from many other design schools is that we're big on industry affiliations and getting our students practical work experience. Yes. So we have a lot of uh, fantastic partners from major retailers to independent designers, mm. CMTs around the Cape Town um, area, and we often collaborate with them and they um, absorb some of our students for work experience and that that is really... Um, I cannot tell you how invaluable that is to a student. Right. Yeah. Especially a design students because design is a visual and practical thing, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so the 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 more experience you can get, you know, out in the field, the better. Yes, because mm. there is that gap, isn't there, between a student. I've, I've come across a lot of young people who will try and offer their services, they give you their history about I've done this, I've studied that and this and that. But there's a gap between huge, their studies yeah, yeah. and brands Absolutely. and uh, and actually entering the fashion industry. Absolutely.
0: I do think it's a two-way street, though. I think yeah. designers or young graduates are not uh, proactive enough. So, um, I mean, I remember way before I was a graduate, but at um, 17 and 18 years old, I used to work at... Um, Hilton Wiener. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) At Lelucia Mall in Durban as a store assistant. Yeah. And um, I worked very hard to get that job. I went to every single one of the stores at Lelucia Mall Mm. looking for a gig, you know, um, to obviously earn money over the weekends. My parents have always made it very clear to us that, guys, you are going to work. Nothing comes for mahala here in this life. Yeah. Um, So that sort of proactiveness is comes naturally to me mm-hmm. um and i'd assume that it would come naturally to most people but it doesn't mm-hmm. you know people feel very uh, discouraged or disheartened the first couple of no's they get and that's what i think separates good people from great people mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. is that persistence that resilience that like i'm not giving up until i land this dream gig yeah and um I've never met anyone who's had that kind of attitude and approach
1: to life who's been disappointed in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in a way, I guess that's what needs to, to change. they not just in the curriculum that we teach to our students and our learners mm-hmm. at basic education level. Uh, but increasingly, at our universities, at our TVETs, t- at where whatever further studying you're going to do, because the world actually requires that you be far more entrepreneurial uh, than waiting for a, wo- a Woolies or an Edgars mm. or whoever to incorporate you.
0: Absolutely, it's not
1: likely going to happen. I mean. Mm.
0: There have been 180,000 jobs and counting that have been lost since 2004 yeah. in the clothing and textile sector. And it's just getting worse. I mean, we are in a state of crisis. People don't speak about it enough. Um, the industry perhaps is not given enough visibility or a voice mm. to to actually talk about these major crises that are facing uh, clothing and textile and um, you see it every day. We read about it every day. Major retailers shutting down, major mm. retailers getting bailed out, consumer spending is down, malls are not performing. Mm. Uh, you know, it's the scourge of cheap Chinese imports that are have really, you know, the Asian invasion has never been more real mm-hmm. than it is in Africa, particularly. Um Because we don't protect ourselves from those imports. And, you know, government, I don't think, is being proactive enough in that space. Um, So, right now is a very difficult time to be a young, aspiring designer. Um, You're more likely going to be self employed than working for any one of the major retailers. So, that needs a completely different um, approach to education. Education itself needs to be reassessed and re looked. so it is more entrepreneurially mm-hmm. um, minded uh, business management skills, financial literacy, uh, fashion incubators, coaching, mm-hmm. just anything and everything it will take to get young people from a handout culture to um, an independent culture where they can actually take charge of their lives. Yeah, um, And that's very important to me because if we don't get that right at a basic level – Um, then we we don't have...
1: A future in mm-hmm. fashion, or any of the creative arts, for that instance. So, w- what do we need to be teaching then, as you say, how do we change? What are you changing? Because you've invested in education, yeah. specifically education in fashion. Yeah. So, what what needs to change? How are you changing it? So, very recently, I pitched an idea. Not very recently, wait,
0: it was about three, four months ago. I pitched an idea to a bank, mm. um, and I asked them to partner with me on a financial literacy. We called it a lecture takeover. Over mm. called Fashion and Finance. And they gave me a really lovely budget to go uh, <laughs> around the country and speak to young people in the arts faculties at universities. And I tell you, we went from like Val University of Technology to T U T, NMU, CPUT, um, and we reached thousands of students, not just fashion design students, but all and every student in um, the arts faculty. Yeah. Because I recognize this critical need for financial literacy and just basic business management skills, you know, how to save, how to read a balance sheet, mm. how to budget. Mm. Um, these are these are things that you and I take for granted, but really the average 18-year-old yeah. design student yeah. um, struggles with these things and they probably never have had to seriously think about them because you know, it's been enough to just be able to create. And it's no longer that. Now, your ability to create a beautiful garment is less important than your ability to run a business.
1: Sure,
0: And business is a big word. It doesn't have to be. A business could be something you run from home, Mm. from your bedroom. Mm. In fact, Mm. many, many designers... Um, yeah. I have the good fortune of um, being friends with uh, Mam Twisha. Yes. Um, of, of the Africa, Africa Your Times time is now. Is now. Or um, she's
1: and now she's in Bloomingdale's along with a bunch, Bloomingdale's. Other, <laughs> a bunch of and other And you wouldn't designers. believe but she
0: runs that business yeah. from home. Absolutely. She yeah. doesn't have a fancy office. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have mm-hmm. fancy premises and a staff of, you know, staff compliments of 30 people. You know, she's got a couple of hands that help. And now it's becoming a global brand. And now it's a global business. And she understood that from the get-go, that, you know what, it's actually not about Mm. the aesthetic things and having shop zero, two, five at this fancy (laughs) mall. And, you know, that would be great. But um, times have changed and the way that people do business has changed. Mm. Um, And that, I think, goes it applies to so many industries that have just completely transformed in such a short space of time even musicians i mean Mm. gosh you don't need a studio anymore yeah do you have a laptop do you have the right programs you can make music from your bedroom yeah you know and and this is true to to design as well um so yes definitely a lot more needs to happen both from the public and private sector to access these young minds, um, to really expose them to the realities of what it does mean to work in in fashion. Um, I don't have an emotional Mm -hmm. attachment to fashion Mm. at all. Um, I am a marketer. I'm a businesswoman. I've always understood the business of fashion. I'm Mm -hmm. not a designer. Uh, I'm not a creative director. I'm not a curator. I'm not a producer. I'm not a garment technologist, merchandiser, buyer, or any of the above. I work in fashion marketing. That's what I've done for all the retailers I've worked for. Uh, The magazines in some way or or another was really an extension of fashion marketing, fashion journalism. Um, I've lectured in fashion marketing at schools in and the Western Cape, Mm -hmm. Um, because I understand that if anything, our whole approach and our mindset needs to change. Uh, I think people are too emotionally vested in fashion when actually it is a great opportunity to, it's a great economic opportunity. Um, The clothing and textile sector contributes 8% to South Africa's GDP, Mm -hmm. that is very substantial, Mm. you know. So we can't afford, we actually literally can't afford to let the clothing and textile sector fail. Those are
1: millions of jobs.
0: And that's my
1: interest and that's my... Investment in this industry. Yes, and I guess allowing or helping these young people have that injected in them, understanding that this is a business, Absolutely. and that's the fo- where the focus needs yeah. to be. And interestingly, I think when you think of what students need, um, your bursary will benefit a student, of course. You'll pay uh, the full three-year diploma for the full three-year diploma, paying the tuition, the study material, 5,000 rands per month towards accommodation. Yeah. I mean, what a relief, especially the headlines we read about uh, young people in universities and the challenges that confront them. Yeah. A thousand rand per month for groceries and unlimited data. And I know some of these are through partnerships with awards, for instance, for food, rain, for, oh for the data. Yep. Yeah, But... It does this sound like a very
0: fancy prize, and it's not at all, actually. It's just levelling the playing field. Mm. Like, everyone
1: needs food and, and airtime, right? So I like mean, just uh, sort of, but you also rent. have to look at the reasons why people fail, mm. why people won't complete Absolutely. a year or complete Absolutely. their qualification. And some might say, but that we might not see those Absolutely because who's potential looking hurdles. after their
0: subsistence needs. Yeah.
1: I'm all for Nesvas and
0: I believe so greatly in it and I'm so happy and relieved really that um yes it's got its uh it's got its complexities and not everything's perfect but mm-hmm. I believe in the principle of what the Nesvas bursary does and I'll tell you why um I spent on on this road trip with um the bank I spent one, two of those occasions uh, with a dear friend of mine, Laduma Ngokolo. Mm-hmm. And he spoke at length about how bursaries helped him become who he is today. Yeah. Um, he sadly lost his mom when he was in uh, grade 10. And um, thereafter, he literally relied on three bursaries to get him to mm-hmm. this position. Uh, One of them was a NASVAS bursary. The second was a Mohair Foundation Mm -hmm. bursary. And the third was uh, a weed transfer bursary that actually got him to Central St. Martins in London. So do you see what opportunity Mm -hmm. can do for a child from rural Eastern Cape Mm -hmm. who otherwise would have not had a chance in life at becoming anything but given half a chance and just given access and just this opportunity to prove himself, yeah. he's now, I mean, he's showing at New York Fashion <laughs> Week, you know. Um, so <laughs> this is this is really the same thing. It's just giving an opportunity to people out there who otherwise wouldn't be able to access these opportunities. I know that being a co-owner of the school and a director obviously puts me in an influential position to change people's lives. Um, We are a private school. Mm -hmm. Um, Our fees ain't cheap. (laughs) We are a small school, much smaller than many of the prominent fashion schools. Uh, We're not trying to be the biggest school. We just want to be the best. Um, And if I can give access to someone to access the best, the best lectures, the best access, this Gucci partnership
1: that we've now yes. signed is just, it's life-changing. Just explain that quickly for anyone who hasn't come across that because your school made history as the only Southern African school to be picked as one of the Gucci feeder schools. Right. Yeah. So that was in, that's a new development.
0: Um, we signed the agreement a few months ago. Um, we actually had Marco Pizzari, who is the CEO and president of Gucci, stop in. Like he's popped in on a surprise visit, mm-hmm. which was um, mind blowing. And of course I wasn't there that day. <laughs> um, but yes, we should have known. Um, and it's, it's, it's been incredible, the, the support we've gotten from Gucci. And what that means is we're now one of 12 schools in the world. Uh, one of three on the African continent Mm -hmm. that are a part of the Gucci Fellowship Program which was launched in May this year by Naomi Campbell who's a Gucci changemaker ambassador yes at that
1: continent yes
0: Um, and she was alongside Marco Pizzari Mm -hmm. and um This is all a move towards Gucci becoming more culturally diverse. Because they've been
1: insensitive. Yeah. They have been insensitive.
0: They got into a lot of trouble earlier this year, much like other brands, Burberry, Mm. H&M, Prada, Mm. you know. um, So this is Gucci now making, is is righting their wrongs and, um, you know, really putting their their money where their mouth is and saying, listen, we've heard you and we... We agree. We, you know, we were ignorant in this. We're a 98-year-old Italian company. We wouldn't have known any better. But now we'd actually like we are open to engagement and we want to learn and we need more um, diverse voices and aesthetics working under Alessandra Michel, who is the creative director. So, what it means is we will then, and every one of these 12 schools, will be sending a third-year graduate Mm -hmm. to Palazzo Alberini in Rome, which is the Gucci design headquarters, for a 12-month internship. Mm. And that is phenomenal. That is, I mean, that's the best exposure any aspiring designer can You can can only imagine what happens after that. Absolutely. It's on an ongoing basis, and that's that's the exciting thing. It's not just a flash in the pan, and you know, it's not a PR stunt. Yes. They heavily vested in um, in getting this cultural um, these you know absorbing all of these great minds from Asia, Africa, Europe. Uh, Australia, the US. There are schools that were chosen from all over the world and we couldn't be more honoured to be
1: the South African rep. Yeah. So, and speaking of which, I think there is something, yes, this is, these are schools from around the world, granted, granted. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, there's just something happening with our fashion industry, with the African fashion industry. This country alone, I mean, we profiled, we Recently, of course, sat down with Manso about her H&M partnership. Yes. The country was celebrating La Duma and his New York Fashion Week uh, moment. There was Nicholas Chlobo with... Uh Louis Vuitton and designing yes. that bag. Yes. Magugu now recently with Moë Hennessy and Louis Vuitton. It's uh-huh. just it's so been amazing. Many different Nisi. things. Rich Mnisi, or you even think of places like Senegal with IKEA collaborating exactly. with them. I mean is exactly. it's been an incredible But not year. just us That's the thing. It, you look to the West Coast of, of Africa, Tongoro Tongo, Tongo.
0: Studio. Oh, Precisely. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah.
1: So there's something that is happening. It's an exciting place and I feel it's a, there's a disappointing aspect to this in the sense that the infrastructure has been dearly affected right the mm. industry the fashion mm. and garment industry as you were reflecting mm-hmm. earlier on has been so severely affected and this is the time when we need to make hay while uh, the sun shines absolutely yeah
0: i couldn't agree with you more um so if anything 2019 has been evidence of our talent mm. uh but Talent only gets you so far. Like you're saying, we need the support of our government. We need need the clothing and textile sector to be recognized as a real contributor and economic driver um, to this continent. And everyone, you're right. I think the rest of the world has now exhausted the rest of the world. You know, what's new? Everyone's looking to Africa. Great. So um, we have the talent. Now it's really just to... I think to equip ourselves, to properly equip ourselves and empower ourselves and mm. our talent mm. to to really compete at a global level. And for that, you need money. For that, you need fashion councils. For that, you need regulation that is going to protect our design and protect our industries um, from, you know, the threat of yeah. imports and, and
1: all the stuff that really should... Because this can't be creative extraction. Exactly. We know can't the be an with extractive extraction. model. Yeah.
0: So how do we then give back and truly invest? Mm. And um, yeah, I think that's the task. That's the next big thing. And also looking to our natural resources that, you know, are, are God-given, really. Hesh, um, I know this is 702, but...
1: <laughs>
0: <and then laughs> but, you know, industrialized hemp... If
1: you know, industrialized hemp. Oh, no, you're on the right show, Shane. Okay, We've done right. so much oh, on this. Okay. <laughs> we are outright champions for a change right. in legislation. Yes. That plant needs yes. to be reclassified. Absolutely. This needs to change. It
0: is the most dynamic yeah. plant that could really boost this country and create mm. tens of thousands of jobs across that Eastern Cape mm-hmm. belt, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um If you look at mohair, South Africa is the world's largest exporter of mohair by far. In fact, we export 50% of, sorry, 50% of the world's mohair is from South Africa. Mm -hmm. However, our local designers don't have access to mohair Mm. or we buy it at a premium. We Mm. buy it back at a premium. Mm. Why? Because there's no industry built around mohair Mm. Um, I know, for instance, the CSIR has been doing a lot of research into um, raw jute, uh, which is the raw material that makes hessian Mm -hmm. and how we could, again, industrialize that, grow that. There's a lot of research being done into um, the African silk moth. Mm. You know,
1: we have a moth that produces (laughs) silk. Yes, Um, ask all the kids. (laughs) Uh Um,
0: By excretion. And Mm. that is... these are the sorts of things we should be maximizing on. Mm-hmm. What what do we have here? Yeah. Let's and pin ourselves on the is. global map for those things. For these industries. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's really
1: just an opportunity waiting to be explored. And I'm here for it. Yeah. One says, uh, an SMS says, I have a son and I've tried everything to convince him to do either law or journalism. Guess what? He's doing fashion design. <laughs> In one of the (laughs) private schools in Pretoria from Max uh, in Pretoria. Well, I hope you have a better sense, Max, from listening about (laughs) what is happening in this industry. That he's not not high on something. Okay, (laughs) he's not high on something. This can be very exciting. It does take a lot of work, a lot of sweat. Mm. You know, even people like David will, who I think, um, help to establish things to the level that they are. For Mm. those that follow Mm. his generation, for instance, will tell you about the hard work and the painful moments. So he will go through that, Max. Absolutely, he will go through that. (laughs) But like we said, he also needs to build it around a business acumen, a business model. Hey, Max, we we accept transfers. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) So, quickly, what are you looking for from um, the kids that are going to be submitting for this opportunity? Actually, not kids, it's from 18 to 30, right? 18 to 30. Um, I I am not looking for someone with design experience, Mm
0: -hmm. uh, any formal design experience, sorry. Um, I'm looking for someone who is dynamic someone who is interesting, someone who is interested in the world, someone who's looking to many references, many sources for yeah, inspiration, yeah. from architecture to, gosh, art, dance, music, uh, fashion, of course, uh, culture, nature. Um, someone who can really, I think, demonstrate this creative flair and a natural aptitude for yeah. fashion.
1: When is the closing
0: date? Uh, the
1: closing date aca- yes, for
0: the 2020 academic year. Yes, this is for the 2020 academic year for a diploma, three-year diploma in fashion. Um, all the information is available online on designacademyoffashion.com mm-hmm. and that is how you can enter. You upload your, uh, your application online and we will get back to you. The cool thing, though, is that we've had such a positive response. Mm-hmm. Um, not just from individual entries but from industry so we've got calls from some retailers saying listen how do we get involved and if you have more than one super talented yeah um entry yeah. can we take on some of you Great. know the ones that um, yes. perhaps aren't eligible for the, the nonigasa bursary and so that's that's really encouraging. Yes, and so there would be
1: some relocation. So prepare to relocate yes. to Cape Town, because that's where it is located in Cape Town in Woodstock. Yes. Wendy Wendy Man. No, <laughs> <laughs> but it was great to see you. Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Welcome back up to Joburg. I know you've been yeah. hiding out in Cape Town and someone says, Where's she been? In Cape Town. That's where she's been. In Cape Town. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for Thank being you, here Azar. that Thank was you. Noni Gasa. director and co-owner of uh, Design Academy of Fashion.